0: Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season continues at MyBookie, and now they're offering a free $20 bet with the promo code SGP20. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP20, to get a free $20 bet with your first deposit. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use the promo code SGP for instant deposit matches up to 50 bucks. That's ThriveFantasy.com. Promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to 6 weeks free over at aceperhead.com/sgp. That's aceperhead.com/sgp. Finally, don't forget to sign up for the Free Roll Football Contest, where we're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash contest. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matchup. Pro and college football, with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs who can keep
1: it close, if not pull the outright upset. Time to find out. It's three dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed.
0: Yes, yes, yes. We are back for another edition of the only digital radio show that focuses in on those underdogs. In college football and the NFL, it is Locktober, the second week of Locktober. Now, last week... We were able to come through with three of them. My thanks to Colby Dant of the College Experience Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows. Colby came through for you if you listened on this show, not only with the Charlotte 49ers, UNC Charlotte out of college football, but also the South Carolina Gamecocks. He went in the Carolinas for both picks in college. Both came through as underdog winners on this show. I also gave you the Boston College Eagles as well, the BC Eagles to cover at home with a large line against top-ranked North Carolina. Uh, one of the top 10 teams in the country. So I took BC. We gave you not one, not two, but three underdogs this week or last week. We're looking to do better than that this week on the show. By the way, however you found us uh, via a social media link, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, uh, through 3Dog Thursday on Twitter, etc., uh, etc., cetera, et cetera. Uh, subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe, and 3Dog Thursday comes automatically to you whenever it's ready on Thursday thursday to get off and rolling we love the subscribers five star rate us and review us uh in the apple store or on uh, spotify in specific more people will be able to see us and find us We love that. Tell more and more. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of you that have found Three Dog Thursday in the month of September and the first week in October. Keep spreading the word. Thank you and keep spreading the word and keep subscribing. Keep propping us up here as part of the show. Going to be a busy show. Our senior handicapper, Brian Edwards, is back. Brian is rolling along in the NFL. His NFL picks will be at the end of the show. He'll talk college football straight ahead, including a very intriguing game or two in the SSL. And then, of course, the ACC has Clemson and Miami that we'll spend a lot of time on on this show. So, Brian has got some college underdog advice. Uh, He's got a big 12 underdog that he really likes uh, as well. Even the Thursday night play, he'll tell you why on Three Dog Thursday he loves the two-lane green wave in American Conference action. So Brian Edwards coming up straight ahead, our senior handicapper from BrianEdwardsSports.com and Vegas Insider. And then you are in for a treat. The college football Hall of Fame coach, Barry Switzer. Love, love, love the insight of the coach of the Oklahoma Sooners Uh, who uh, is one of the rare guys to have college football national championships, a couple of them, and a Super Bowl title with the Dallas Cowboys. This weekend is Texas and OU Boomer Sooner. In Dallas, the Red River rivalry is already here. Can you believe that out of the Big 12? Texas and Oklahoma, who better to talk than a man that won nine times in the rivalry, Texas and Oklahoma, against those Longhorns. Barry Switzer will be here to tell some stories of what it's like. Yes, it's going to be weird in 2020 because the Cotton Bowl's not uh, even half capacity. The Texas State Fair is not even taking place. The usual traditional surroundings around the Texas-Oklahoma game not happening. The Coach Switzer is here to tell some stories uh, on the show, including, I was part of this, his surprise 70th birthday party that came just over a decade ago on the Friday night before the Texas-Oklahoma game. We almost gave him a heart attack that night. I was part of the surprise that night doing some work for Sirius XM Radio. Barry was one of our analysts. We were in on the surprise. Wait till you hear whom was around for that party on Saturday night on Friday night before the Saturday OU-Texas game back in 2007. Look forward to hearing from Barry Switzer about all of that. Then our YouTube video roundtable is back. My buddies Chris Fisher from South Florida and the sports media in uh, the Miami area will be here. Miami all over the brain. The state of Florida really all over the brain because the Tampa Bay Lightning have the Stanley Cup in hockey. The Tampa Bay Rays in the throes of a playoff series as we speaketh with the New York Yankees. And uh, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, oh, by the way, have won three in a row playing Thursday night football with the Chicago Bears. So Tampa... Big right now on the sports scene. Miami as well with the Heat in the NBA Finals at least for one more night on Friday night against LeBron and the Lakers who lead three games to one. But the Marlins in the playoffs as we uh, as we head into Three Dog Thursday battling the Atlanta Braves and the Miami Hurricanes. Humongous game coming with the Clemson Tigers. So Chris Fisher will have thoughts and insight on all of this out of Miami And I will link up on the YouTube roundtable with my buddy Ari Russell, who has been with me uh, going on uh, almost 20 years now. Sirius XM Radio, TuneIn Radio, love Coach Ari and his insight. He is based in the New York area, and he is a big Miami Hurricane. He's an alum of the University of Miami, so he is anxious for Canes. And what kind of shot do they have as a two-touchdown underdog? At Godzilla, number one, Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. Saturday night, Death Valley. Chris and Ari and I will discuss that game at length. We'll also talk more about Ray's Yankees in the playoffs. Chris Fisher has some interesting thoughts about the Dolphins and Tua Tonga-Vailoa and when we may or in his mind not, see Tua this season for the Dolphins. As the Dolphins get ready to play the 49ers at Candlestick, does he dare take the Fins on Three Dog Thursday against those 49ers or not? Uh, so lots to talk about on our roundtable. And then Brian Edwards will be back here on the podcast to close it out. We'll talk more NFL with him. He and I go over some underdogs. Will Brian stay on the train for the Cincinnati Bengals? The... Uh, The Kittens are actually playing some decent football and won the game last week and have been pretty good against the numbers. So Brian will talk some NFL to close out the show. So a bunch to get to, a bunch to cover on the program. We're going to get rolling. Brian's up first talking college football. Coach Switzer is here on the podcast right in the smack dab middle of the show youtube roundtable you'll hear the audio here on this podcast of chris fisher and ari russell go find our youtube page to see chris and ari and me kick around the miami clemson game in the baseball playoffs and much more than brian back talking nfl it is all part of three dog thursday we're ready to get rolling let's get it all underway with more underdogs forthcoming here we go he is back. It is the month of October. We didn't lock it down as much with the underdogs this past week. However, we did have three of them overall in college in the NFL. We're vowing to be a little bit better. He is a senior handicapper, Brian Edwards and also Vegas Insider. With all the insight, Brian Edwards back with me. And, man, things are starting to get really good across the board in college and the NFL. How are you feeling as we get ready to embark on another week of games and some more underdog predictions, sir?
2: I'm doing well. The Gators are undefeated defeated the Falcons are winless but I had the Packers Monday night so I'm feeling wonderful
0: yeah the Falcons my goodness uh one of many messes that are out there Texans have already made the first coach firing of Bill O'Brien might the Falcons be next uh in the NFL and there are a couple of other teams that might make the move as well here uh just depending the Jets with Adam Gase Uh, Who knows? We'll see what happens in the NFL and we'll talk much more NFL with Brian much later on in the show. I want to hone in on some college football before we get to the underdog selections this week. uh, First of all, a thought or two, Alabama trouncing Texas A&M. We also saw Georgia look very impressive at home with Auburn. So those two on a collision course to play each other coming in two weeks in prime time. Uh, some other college games. We, you know, we saw TCU upset Texas, for example, last week. Some intriguing. So you mentioned Florida was a a winner. They had some problems with South Carolina, but they were a winner uh, at home. What else stood out, uh, if anything, from last week and heading into this week? Now that we're in October, Brian.
2: Oh, last week, what stood out? LSU uh, bouncing back. Uh, the Big Twelve continuing to fall on its face with Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, losing back-to-back games for the first time uh, under Lincoln Riley and Lane Kippen breaking through for his first uh, SEC win. And it looks like he has an offense because, look, Florida and Kentucky have solid defenses. Uh, it looks like he can score on anybody, and that will certainly be put to the test. Saturday night at home against <laughs> Nick Saban, who is twenty and oh against his former assistant.
0: Yeah, after he trounced Jimbo last week, it's twenty for twenty. And how about one of the stats maybe of the year in college football, Brian? I don't know if you're aware of this one. Kentucky ran for four hundred and eight yards in that game with Ole miss at home, four oh eight at home, and I know it went to overtime for one extra possession, and lost the game. That's that's incredible what uh, Ole Miss was able to do to overcome that and win. Um, I want to touch on one. I stumbled into this doing some reading, and again, we do a lot of research, got all the documentation. I got my papers. I got my notes uh, all flying around here on Three Dog Thursday. And last week I talked about off the upset by Mississippi State, K.J. Costello, Mike Leach, the mad scientist off the upset of LSU, when they had been what was it a 16 or 17 point underdog to win the game outright that Leach had had this happen before at Texas Tech where he had beaten Nebraska on the road as a 15 plus point underdog and then came back home to play pre Johnny Manziel Texas A&M Kevin Sumlin was there as the coach but this is pre Manziel and and Texas A&M upset Texas Tech in Lubbock in 09 11 years ago that's what happened I'll be darned, the Southern phrase, Brian. I'll be darned if the same thing didn't happen again in Woo Pig Sui with Sam Pittman, the first year coach. They come into Stark Vegas and win as what an eighteen or nineteen point underdog. Amazing how history repeated itself in the SEC there.
2: Yeah, and props to Barry Odom for uh, you know rushing three most of the game and just making the you know keeping everything underneath. And uh, just really um, just shutting down uh, Mike Leach's offense. Now, I mean, you know, they, they had their yards. Uh, but the two fourth down uh, plays in the fourth quarter, fourth and short, Arkansas, Stuffs, Mississippi State, they were in field goal range for both. Obviously, the I thought they should have kicked the field goal the first one. The second one, uh, you know, you, it was time you had to go for it. But, uh, yeah, they were opportunistic. They took advantage of turnovers. They had a a pick – K.J. threw a pick six for the second uh, week in a row. And Felipe Franks, 20 of 28, 212 Mm. yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, most importantly. And, uh, look, as good as K.J. was setting those records uh, at LSU, he was really bad uh, last week, three – costly interceptions one handed arkansas
0: touchdown and mississippi state at kentucky on saturday night somebody's going to get well in that game and somebody's going to be smarting especially if it's kentucky losing two weeks in a row at home to the mississippi teams We will see what happens on that. All right, so let's get into the games for this week with the understanding, again, we are well aware, mindful, the seriousness of Hurricane Delta. And we've gone through so many storms that they've gone through all of the names, Brian, um, in in, uh, the Atlantic So now we're on to the Greek alphabet. So now it's Hurricane Delta that is going to impact the state of Louisiana and the Gulf South, we believe. So as Three Dog Thursday debuts on Thursday, we are unsure of all the games being played. We do know know the LSU-Missouri game, Brian, was moved to Columbia, Missouri, moved from Baton Rouge to Columbia uh, in advance of this to make sure that it can be played on Saturday, and it will be moved to earlier in the day instead of a night game. It'll now be a noon Eastern time game on Saturday. I'm going to talk about another game what? in in a little bit when we make the picks, Brian, that could also be moved. But we've just we've got to be mindful. There could be some things in flux here that we don't know about right now at the time that we're taping midweek.
2: Clearly, Joe Oliva is no longer the LSU AD because not over his dead body would an LSU home game have been moved to a road game. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, I I detect a whole bunch of sarcasm from a hurricane back about three years ago uh, involving the Gators and LSU and that whole uh, dispute. So. Uh, LSU, Missouri being being moved out of the way, and we'll just be mindful of the impact here on all of this. All right, so for Three Dog Thursday, I know speaking of New Orleans, speaking of Louisiana, you're looking squarely for underdog purposes at a New Orleans-based school on Thursday night in the Tulane Green Wave, sir.
2: Absolutely. They've been a little inconsistent. You know, they were trailing south out, yes, yeah, so the Tulane uh, plus seven, to Houston at the number six and a half, by it the key number of seven. Uh, you know they're They were down twenty four six to South Alabama midway through the third. They rally. They win twenty seven twenty four. The next week they're up twenty four zip on Navy. Then they get outscored twenty seven nothing in the second half. Then against Southern Miss they fall down fourteen zip uh, in the first quarter and then they outscore them sixty six to ten the rest of the way. Mm. Uh, but part of that inconsistency was Keon Howard at quarterback. They yanked him. They went to the true freshman, Michael Pratt, and he really produced a pair of touchdown passes without an interception against Southern Miss. So he's going to be the guy moving forward. Um, Look, Houston went 4-8 last year. Uh, They lost by double-digit margins five times, and they've had every single one of their games canceled because of COVID, and most of them they would have been prepping all week to play. Now they finally play. They're favored. They were 1-4 and against the spread as a favorite five times last year. They lost at Tulane 38-31. I think we've got the head coaching advantage with Fritz over Holgo. And we're getting points. I like the Green Wave.
0: You make a great point that Tulane has played three times and Houston now in early October hasn't played at all. Um, So, I mean, there's going to be some of this – uh, when these conferences resume, like the Big Ten, the Pac 12, the MAC, the Mountain West, where nobody's played in November. But it's not going to be that a team is has not played playing a team <laughs> that has played three times. So that is advantage two lane in that uh, primetime matchup on Thursday night uh, there with uh, the American Conference, an American Conference showdown in that one. All right, I want to give you an underdog selection of mine. I'll stay with the Sunbelt Conference. And the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, who are traveling to play Louisiana, the University of Louisiana, formerly Louisiana Lafayette. Again, Hurricane Delta may affect this game. It's supposed to be 3.30 on Saturday. You may already know as you're listening to us that it somehow got moved up, postponed, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. But for right now, what I love is Coastal Carolina coming off a huge uh, a victory over Arkansas State last weekend at home, 52-23, the same Arkansas State team that won at Kansas State, go figure, in 2020. Arkansas State pulls a huge upset with Kansas State early in the year, gets blown out. And uh, also, by the way, this Clears team dusted Kansas back uh, in September in the opener for Kansas in a game that was not as close as the 38-23 final. Les Miles' team scored two late touchdowns in a game they were being beaten by 30 points in. Uh, so I like I like getting points here against Louisiana, both undefeated. I know you think this game may be sneaky good. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, we all are. Everybody stay safe that it gets played. Coastal Carolina getting seven right now, Brian. What do you think?
2: Well, they're 5-1 and one against the spread, and their last six is the road underdog, and they're getting great quarterback play from Grayson McCall, 66.7 completion percentage, 728 passing yards, and a 9-1 to one TDI and T-ratio. So, um, you know, I, I do like that Louisiana uh, squad, but uh, Battle of Unbeaten, the best under-the-radar game on the board, you, you get no argument uh, from me here.
0: And they have won a couple of wild games. They beat Iowa State at the beginning of the year. They had to go to overtime in a game they were losing most of the way back about three weeks ago against Georgia State in Atlanta. They won that game in overtime 34-31 and then had to hang on last week at home to beat Georgia Southern. Actually, two weekends ago have had the week off. Uh, Louisiana. So let's see what happens in this matchup coming here with Coastal Carolina in a Sunbelt game. All right, so we keep hitting the ball over the net like tennis. I'm going to hit it back over the net to you. You like another college underdog, and I believe you're going to the ACC here on Three Dog Thursday, Brian Edwards.
2: Yeah, let's go to uh, up to the the house, and that would be the carrier dome, the revamped carrier dome, where Syracuse is just a better football team at home in their last thirteen games at the carrier Dome, ten and three straight up, eight and five against the spread in their last six as a home underdog. Dino Baber's squad is four and two against the spread, and that includes a thirty-seven to twenty win over Georgia Tech two weeks ago. Uh, and they have enjoyed an open date since then, and that gives them two weeks to prepare. For the Blue Devils, who are off a 38-31 to home loss, but that was a Virginia Tech team that was still missing Hendon Hooker, its quarterback who had a really good season in 2019, and was also missing quite a few other players. Uh, Duke's got three major issues right now. One, it cannot stop the run. It is 60th out of 74 FBS teams in run defense. And this is a bigger sample size. Duke's played four times, Mm -hmm. uh, 0-4 straight up. Uh, They got gashed for 324 yards on the ground by the Hokies last week. And secondly, Duke can't run it. 67th out of 74 FBS teams in rushing yards. And perhaps most importantly, they're without their two best players in the secondary, Mark Gilbert and Josh Blackwell. Uh, Gilbert was the first team All-ACC selection in 2017 and has struggled to stay on the field uh, health-wise um, since then. Now, he did play in the first two games and had an interception. but it's, uh, and, and with those two guys, Blackwell and Gilbert, they give up 27 Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to average way more than 27 this year. They give up 26 to Boston College. Since they lost these two guys, they've given up 38 apiece to vatech and UVA um Duke lost by margins of 14 20 and 18 uh before playing the Hokies tough last week I think Syracuse went outright at home over Duke
0: how about that all right for the Orange and I had them at the beginning of the year on the national radio call of their loss to North Carolina they were in that game before Carolina pulled away and covered uh in the fourth quarter of that one uh, all right, so a little ACC for you, and that's an early 12-30 Eastern time game on Saturday. We remind you, you can get all of Brian's picks and information through Vegas Insider, through his own site, BrianEdwardsSports.com, where he's been rolling along. But he's giving you a couple of underdogs here on Three Dog Thursday, which we love about him. I'm going to turn to one more. I did take a look at uh, Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M as a home doggy with your Florida Gators. I don't like that one enough. I know I know Jimbo had a lot of success at Florida State against florida but i don't i don't like this one i was not overly impressed with their defense i think mullen uh the head coach has uh as uh, kyle trask firing and kyle Pitts, the tight end enough here where uh it's probably going to be a florida easy win so i'll stay away from that sec game brian but i like the tennessee volunteers and i have no i, I am a I, I am a uh I was born in the state of Tennessee, so I I, I, uh, I come by birthright to the volunteer state. But I have no love for the Big Orange. I'm a Memphis Tiger guy, so this is not a Tennessee bias on the pick. But the Vols just stood out to me on the underdog plays against Georgia, with Georgia sandwiching this game in between the big game with Auburn last week and now looming next weekend, the matchup at Alabama. I know it's a rivalry game for both. But I I wonder how much Georgia gets up at home for Tennessee. Tennessee here has the longest win streak in the country, believe it or not, now. Going back to last year at eight consecutive games in this crazy 2020. I'm getting 12.5 points. And you got a number for me that Jeremy Pruitt has been very good as a road underdog as well, Brian, for this matchup. Six and two
2: against the spread in eight. Games as a road underdog since taking over up in
0: Knoxville. And how about five straight? If I'm looking at this correctly, five straight underdog uh, covers on the road for Tennessee. And again, Georgia. Georgia played very well in the first half of that l- game last week, and then it was a three-three second half between Georgia and Auburn as the teams made adjustments. Let's see. Again, this is the CBS national 3:30 SEC game in Athens. For Tennessee and Georgia, I'll take the Vols and the 12-and-a-half here on the road. Uh, We are going to talk much more on the video roundtable with my guests upcoming, Chris Fisher and Ari Russell, about the Miami-Clemson game. Brian, I don't want you to get away in the college segment without at least saying something about it. Miami gets two touchdowns. I'm leery about taking them as a a three-dog Thursday team uh, here as a college underdog. But just give me some, give me, give me, 15, 30, 45 seconds on Miami Clemson National TV at Death Valley Saturday night, if you would.
2: Well, Clemson has just not looked uh, overly dominant. Now, I haven't watched a ton of them. Now, I DVR'd uh, Clemson UVA, and I did start to watch a little bit of it last night. Uh, I actually fell asleep watching it, but um, I, uh, you know, they never really got any big time separation from Virginia at home last week. We, you know, they certainly didn't cover uh, at Wake Forest earlier in the year, but some, but now maybe this is the game they've been gunning for and they're ready to break out. Um, Right now it is a pass for me. Um, I'm going to watch some more of that Clemson, Virginia. Uh, uh game well I can tell you I Western. can tell
0: you they ran it well in that game they had a huge pick six in the third quarter which which spread the the margin out uh even bigger uh forced Virginia to continue to throw um and again it, it is a huge game for Miami about impact are we back are we nationally relevant so you know they're going to be fired up but Clemson has handled so many of these big games and so many of these opponents with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, with Dabo Sweeney at the helm. I just you wonder you wonder if Miami can stack up. We're gonna find out Saturday night, right? We're gonna see.
2: Yeah, and you know, let's not forget, you know, Clemson uh lost Xavier Thomas, one of their better um uh defensive players, you know, when he uh got COVID and have some complications from it. And, and they also, you know, lost, um, well, uh, they lost T. Higgins to the draft, and then they lost Justin Ross to the, um, the net condition, you know, back in uh, whatever it was, July or August. So, you know, they, they don't have their two explosive receivers uh, from last year. And um, so far, it doesn't look like they're quite as potent as, as they have been the last few years, but uh, we'll find out a lot more on Saturday.
0: We shall, and we'll talk much more on this game coming up in a little bit on the video roundtable. Brian, stand by. Great stuff. We've got much more on the way here as Three Dog Thursday rolls on. Lots more on the college football. Brian will be back to talk NFL underdog picks as well. Uh, We'll go back and forth over a couple of NFL games later on in the show. But first, let's talk about our friends at MyBookie.ag. Winning season means the NFL's in full swing, and it's your chance to win big with MyBookie.ag. There's no sweeter feeling than watching your team storm back in the fourth quarter to put a game away and put cash in your pocket just like the Buccaneers were able to do last week, storming back from 17 down against the Chargers behind Tom Brady. So whether whether you're a first-time player, whether you're a veteran in the game, trying to take underdogs or siding with the favorites, the fact is there's no better time to get in the action. So join up right now and use our promo code SGP20 and you can grab a free $20 wager with your first deposit to bet on anything in the sportsbook that's right my bookie is giving you the chance to make your first ever bet a winning one and it's on the house whether it's the nfl the major league baseball playoffs Whatever's going on, an NBA final still happening on Friday, maybe this weekend, check it all out. It's part of winning season. And again, the promo code for the $20 free bet is SGP20. Just remember, it's all with my bookie. You bet, you win, you get paid. Promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. And with Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact in the game. In the NFL, you choose 10 out of the 20 available player props and build your lineup. In the NBA or PGA Tour golf, MLB playoffs, esports, you choose five of the 10 players available, build up your lineup with the props, and go get it done. So I love a couple of props. If you're hearing us for the Thursday night games, look out for Buccaneers running back Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie out of Vanderbilt, caught a touchdown pass last week uh, from Tom Brady, pressed into duty because of injuries to Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy. So in the Thursday night game with the Bears, Keyshawn Vaughn, whatever he has in terms of total yards, catches, play the over for Keyshawn Vaughn. He's going to have a great chance to do well on a player prop. If you like another player prop from this weekend, look out for Ben Roethlisberger. I know Sean Green of the Sports Gambling Podcast doesn't want to hear this, but look out for Ben Roethlisberger, angry off of an off week against a vulnerable Eagles defense at home. I look for Roethlisberger to light it up for three bills in the air and probably two to three touchdowns. Play the overs for Rofflesberger this week as well for Thrive Fantasy. And remember, you hit those props and you rack up the most points and you win your share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes every week and has awarded over $1.6 billion in cash prizes already. Use our promo code SGP when you sign up for the first time, and you get an instant match up to 50 bucks on that first deposit. So if you put 10 in, you get $10. You put $50 in, you get $50, up to $50. Download Thrive Fantasy at the App Store or go to the website thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today, and remember our promo code SGP. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive, professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP to find out more. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Oh, yes. As I mentioned, one of my faves on the podcast, I always love the inside of this man anytime, but especially when it's Oklahoma, Texas week. The Red River rivalry game cranks up again, and the legendary national championship coach of the Sooners and NFL Super Bowl winning coach with the Dallas Cowboys is Barry Switzer back with me on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Young man, happy belated birthday. I missed it by, I think, a day as we're taping this, but happy birthday and good to hear your voice.
1: Two days, October 5th. This is the 7th. You missed it two days, but that's okay. Good Good to talk to you too. And. enjoy it and uh, it's
0: been a while I still I still love the fact that when I text you or call you you say how about them twins you want to know how my twin daughters are doing and they're hanging in there and I'm glad you're hanging in there in these COVID-19 times and looky here we weren't sure if we were going to get college football but we have got it and we've got one of the great rivalries in all of college football in Oklahoma and Texas you coached in that rivalry some 16 times what what is this like for Oklahoma and Texas and for those that don't understand it
1: well first of all this year we'll have an asterisk on it I promise you it's it's it's, we all know what we're dealing with from uh you know the athletic directors the players the coaches uh you know the media we we don't know what we had and we got kids that are because of today lay it out of the game want to go pro football they give it up for their own reasons and uh and we got kids that are not out there because of the sick, the, the pandemic. And, uh, it's, it's just the damnedest thing I've ever seen. So I'm going to put an asterisk on the season. I don't know how good any team is. They hadn't had any continuity in practice. You know, none of the Sooners hadn't certainly. And, uh, it, it's, uh, I don't think we these team any of these teams are, will be at optimum of what they could have been if they hadn't had all this, uh, you know, catastrophe happen to them. Yeah. But, uh, it's still OU Texas game. They'll go down, there. whoever gets on the field is going to battle the rear end off to win the game. And uh, it is a huge game. But it, it, here's what's going to be different. Usually uh, TJ, there's five hundred thousand people outside the stadium. That's packed with a hundred thousand people because it's the Texas State Fair, the largest fair in the world. But it's 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 no one there on the park. So there'll be plenty of parking. I promise <laughs> down there. But uh, it, it'll it, it'll be it'll be kind of spooky. If it is you went down there. It, it would is. be. And that, So uh no it, it but it, as far as the game we'll get to see it and uh they are only allow I think twenty five thousand people in stands a hundred thousand seat stadium and and uh we're a two and a half point favorite and uh I don't know how we're that but we uh we haven't put it together yet. Uh, uh someone said the other day when we were playing Iowa State that we were practicing we were practicing social distancing, tackling. And, and I've <laughs> never had it explained that way before, but you know, r- really it's uh... It, it, I think everyone is. It
0: really oh, is. Uh, we gotta gotta kind of get that together. Yeah, there's no doubt it's been odd. You don't know this. I'll tell you this here. I did a national college football game, North Carolina and Syracuse, in Chapel Hill the first weekend on national radio with nobody there. It's as bizarre as anything that I have done. At least they will have some there in the Cotton Bowl for this one. You you always said to me that, you know, it's quite a scene to have half the stadium in Sooner Crimson and White and half the stadium in burnt orange. It, it will be a little different for the players, but at least they have some roar of the crowd, something, to, something to, to feed off of if things start going well in this game. A little something, right?
1: Well, they got a little something, but we always had an advantage even though it's half and half with, uh, you know, 100,000 people. We had 45. They had 45,000. So, we always had the south end. That's the tunnel when you come down from the locker rooms and all that was always red, they never flip flopped, uh, the, the ends of the field. That's 50 uh, yard line. North was always Texas orange and the 50 yard line South was always red sooner. So we always came down the ramp. We thought we were playing at home. We really did. And, uh, uh, because the crowd was louder and roared, and it was all Sooner fans there, so we gathered at the bottom. And if we gathered with the Texas team down there, they thought they were play- they thought they were playing away. The sure didn't think they were playing at home. But, uh, <laughs> you've told
0: right, but, me, uh, hey, you've told me many times you had to warn the young players and the freshmen, though, of uh, freshmen about Bevo, though, at the bottom of that tunnel. Yeah, For what reason? Yeah, Say it here. Yes,
1: yeah, I didn't want them coming back up stairs changing their shoes on get <laughs> a hand of and seniors to walk down that ramp behind Bebo before because that's happened. We've had kids step to the potty and have to come back and change their damn shoes. Oh. Especially the kickers. I want especially the kickers to miss all that. Oh. But uh, no, it's a it's a uh, really a different uh, spectacular event for most people to see two bands come down the ramp at the same time and big longhorn steer come down the ramp and we got a sooner wagon and and it's uh, it's kinda of country and western what it is. Cowboys and Indians, Oklahoma and Texas, that's kind of what the old wild, wild west is about.
0: Love this man, love his insight, still lives on the campus in Norman as he was a national championship coach at Oklahoma for so many years. Barry Switzer with me on the Three Dog Thursday podcast uh here hanging out and reminiscing i didn't know this in all of your accolades i did look at one thing that said against bobby bowden joe paterno bo Shimbeckler, and earl bruce you never lost a game against any of those guys that's saying something when you when you reflect on all these accolades and all this stuff what do you remember fondly, including beating texas 10 times as you did
1: well i never lost to Darrell either but uh uh are all, But you know, I, I had a great run. in the seventies we were the winnings program in college football. We had uh Alabama was second, we were one and uh and we had a great run. Coach Bryant was smart enough to do what we were doing, running the wishbone. We copied Texas. Texas was the first and we were the second and Alabama was the third and, and when you looked at all our records during this period of time, we were the one, two, three winnings programs in the seventies because no one got the ball from us. We rushed for four or 500 yards a game and uh, we set the national record. Uh, we averaged 472 yards a game rushing for 11 games. Now think that's the national NCA <laughs> record. <laughs> no one runs the ball that much anymore. You know, they spread them all over the field. It gets to get of your in space, and they throw the ball around. You you can't recruit kids that come block anymore. None of your backs want to come block, but pro football, you got to block, you got to protect your quarterback. And, uh, that's very essential to you. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it would be different to try to recruit today to my offense. But uh, but uh, let me tell you, T.J., I went two years ago to see an Oklahoma play a team here in our st- stadium. And uh, after the game, everyone was asking me, Coach, what happened? What happened? I said, well, hell, you watched it. I said, the Army had it for 45 minutes. We had it 15. And if we hadn't had Kyler Murray, we wouldn't have won it in overtime in that 15 minutes <laughs> we had it because they kept the ball from us they controlled it they kept it they kept making first downs and they you get the ball in four down zone kick a field goal or or score at least we kept them out of the end zone and made them kick field goals but uh you know it's uh it's it's a game of the past but I'm gonna promise you it would still work today we could go out and line up and in that with the athletes I had at that time and and uh, we, we, we recruited we would we, we would win the day do because they don't see it anymore you got everybody else spreading everybody on the field you see that every week all of a sudden you come line up you got a line up uh, and a 7 and 8 man front against my defense and my offense and you have not been playing that tight of style of defense cuz you've been playing hybrids you've had people on the field six and seven defensive backs most of the time cuz everyone's on one back spreads or empties right. and motions and, movement. and you, they, they don't have time to practice and get it ready for the triple option he uh he guys, has he
0: he has lived by that wishbone for so many years and, and everybody ran the wishbone back in the day, but they didn't run it as good as Oklahoma. There were very few that ran it the way that Oklahoma ran it. Well, uh, for all those had, years I for sure.
1: Great, I had great athletes. It wasn't just our playbook was better than their playbook. You know, we we executed with great athletes and uh, great speed and great players. I had so many first round draft choices in my backfield. I had four at one time and uh, I had the first, the fourth, the tenth I mean, really think about it. I, mean, I, I feel, uh, but really, it, it was a, a different era, and my quarterbacks were, you know, like running backs. They were different. They guys that uh, I've only seen one guy that you know that here at Oklahoma. I think Kyler Murray. Probably, I don't know if he's physical enough to carry as much as the Jamel Holloways and Thomas Schlotz and those guys and J.C. Watts could do. But uh, he was quick enough, and he had obviously speed. And, Take it the distance for you, but uh none of the quarterbacks could have done what
0: these guys did. Not not many did what this man did again. College national title, Super Bowl title with the Cowboys, Barry Switzer with me for a couple of more moments. Okay, I want to reminisce and just have fun about your surprise birthday party that we had that I got privileged to be there. We were doing national radio with Sirius XM. I was in on the surprise with your wife Becky and many others. You were not you could not figure out why you couldn't have dinner at your favorite restaurant in Dallas, Bob's Chop <laughs> House. Little did you yeah. know that the likes of Toby Keith, uh, Jerry Jones, your former players, Keith Jackson, Little Joe Washington, were all waiting. I was in the background behind all of them to yell surprise. What a fun night that was, Coach.
1: Yeah, it was. Even, even Marcus Dupree shows up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. You know, we got. Uh, I was. That was my 70th birthday. Yeah, it was 12, 12, 13 years ago, and uh, we had a great evening. And Bob, uh, I couldn't believe that he would close down his restaurant <laughs> for OU Texas game for for my group of people from Oklahoma. But of course, Oklahoma. I tell you what. All the restaurants, all the hotels, really, they would tell us. We hope Oklahoma wins. You know, they, 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 they. They work in Texas, they live in Texas, but they want us to win because the Sooners would win, they'd stay and drink more and eat more and they wouldn't go home. He said, I love regardless it. <laughs> whether the Texas, they said, regardless of whether the Texas wins or loses, they go home that night right after the game. They live there. You know, they just drive down the road. People from Oklahoma, they they got to go north of the Red River and they got to travel several hours. So, it's another extra night spending a lot of money, you know. And back in that era, it's a, a big, big, big it's the biggest economic goal, weekend in say the Texas, the OU Texas
0: game. No weekend. doubt, no doubt. I want the fans to find you at uh, on Twitter at Barry underscore Switzer, and also find the coaches cabana because for this OU Texas game Saturday, and even for the Cowboy games, you're hanging out in the coaches cabana and analyzing plays and giving running commentary, and the fans need to find that. Uh, wherever they find that on their cable system, they can find it online. Look for coaches Cabana, and you're you're always you're having fun analyzing the games, the Sooner games and the Cowboy games you know, while we, they're going
1: on. Yeah, we do different things. Some events, sometimes we're doing that, and sometimes we're not. But you know, it's uh, it, I still follow the Sooners and I follow the Cowboys. We're, I'm usually doing something Saturday and Sunday, one with the other, and uh, and uh, enjoying football season. But this year, I'm gonna put an asterisk on it because. I'm telling you, we're going around everywhere with a face mask on and uh, yep. I've been tested six times, DJ. Yep. I've been tested six times because I've run into so many people that have had it or had it that I I go take a test, you know. I'm not I don't wanna fight that thing and uh have to uh, you know, have to deal with it, so not at my age. No anyway, doubt but i <laughs> I'll handle it if I have to. Okay. Well,
0: and we're all and we're all oh, saying geez. the same thing. Wear a mask, socially distance. We will get through this, but we gotta keep doing that part, and at least we have gotten yep. to football. And I'm glad you're healthy. I'm glad I'm glad I'm getting to hear okay. your voice and you're sounding healthy and feeling good. And let's see if the Sooners, asterisks or not, can pull out a win here with the uh, we'll with the see. Texas Longhorns on Saturday, Coach. We'll see.
1: We'll see. Thank you, TJ. Take Coach, care, thank
0: you. Great to hear your voice. Good luck to you.
1: All right, thank right. you.
0: All right, it is our video roundtable segment time here on Three Dog Thursday. And if you're only hearing the podcast, say it all the time, come find us on the YouTube page. You see what we look like with my guests. So, again, if you're only listening through Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, or if you found us through a social media link on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, come see what we look like on the YouTube page. And without delay, let me introduce my uh, cohorts, my colleagues. There's going to be a real South Florida tinge to all of this, even though he's in New York. My man Ari Russell, my wingman from my days at Sirius XM, tune in, etc. He's in New York. We're gonna duke it out over the Yankees and the Rays coming up. But Coach Ari, good to have you here on the roundtable. Technically, I'm in Edgewater, New Jersey. I don't want to anger the New Yorkers out here
3: because <laughs> there is that demarcation of the Hudson River that you really have to make clear. Because folks don't play around. so And I get it. Being from D.C. and Maryland, Virginia, <laughs> I get that. So out of respect, I'm in Edgewater. Uh, Edgewater,
1: New
0: Jersey, currently, currently. You do currently. have to notify the New York authorities when you do cross the river and come into. But, both, uh, the, but back and forth, both sides. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> yes. Uh, Chris Fisher also with me in South Florida. You multimedia star, longtime sportscaster in uh, Tampa Bay, in Miami. How you feeling down in South Florida?
4: Oh, feeling great at this point. You know, we got a big game this weekend. Canes-Clemson, looking forward to that one. My my hometown Buccaneers are looking pretty good. So are the Rays after the win. So it's always good to see.
0: Yes, there is a lot that we have to go over and discuss. And why don't we hop right into it again here on the video for those of us, uh, for those that are seeing us right now. Let's talk right away about this showdown. The Miami Hurricanes, the Clemson Tigers, the audience might or might not know this. Ari Russell, a Miami alum. Chris, obviously in Miami, in South Florida. Okay, to you first, Ari. Your guys, I've seen them twice in person on national radio, handle Louisville and demolish Florida State. Right. How good do they look to you? And then second part is obviously what kind of chance against Godzilla Saturday night?
3: Well, obviously, I mean, if you compare what they were like last year, I mean it's night and day on every level, you know, from the coaching to the play calling to the plays players out there. Um, you know, even though they've got a lot of the same players returning, especially on defense, um, obviously the difference I, I really think the difference this year is is uh is King at quarterback. I mean, I think Miami actually has an actual steady person at center now, behind center than they've had probably since Ken Dorsey. I mean, let's be honest with you here. I mean, if you look at it, we suffered through mediocrity at best over the years. Uh, You know, a couple flashes here. I think Brad Kaya was pretty good, but I think that King is... Brings it to the next level. He's clearly a leader, and you could tell that he's already got the locker room unlocked. Like, he's already got Slightly that Slightly
0: better than Malik Rozier at this point. Oh, uh, my gosh! I mean, it's Rozier, right? Rozier, yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's it also is. exit stage left Ex- for him. They couldn't <laughs> hold the door Rozier, for Rozier. I mean,
3: and even like even Perry, like, yeah, I mean, Perry has his tremendous amount of talent, but King just comes in there, and you can just tell he's the leader. He's a leader of the team already um you know and Chris you're down there you see it probably more you hear about it more often than I do up here I have to you know kind of you know uh scavenge the web to to find things and you down there people talk about all the time uh so so yeah I'm am I impressed with with the difference between last year of course I am as a fan absolutely analyzing it in general you have to say objectively speaking it's Worlds better than they were last year. I mean, this is a team that lost to what to FIU and to uh, Louisiana Tech. Got shut out by Louisiana (laughs) Tech. I mean, and now and now they beat Florida State. You, Florida State is diminished clearly. So, I mean, I'm give or take that. I mean, to still drop half a hundred. Uh, you know, on Florida State in the rival, the biggest blowout in the history of that rivalry. Regardless, Florida State is really at the at, at rock bottom right now. I think, but still, it's impressive. UAB was a good win, and they really demolished Louisville. is also a good team. Uh, you know, now it's against like you said, Clemson. This is a different story. I mean, you're talking sure. about you're you're going up. This is like going from the Gulf Coast Gulf Coast Instructional League to the major leagues over a weekend. You know, having oh, two-
4: okay. All right. So now, all right, enough of the there. pontificating. <laughs> the breaks there.
0: Give me, give me the lowdown, Chris Fisher, because you're close <clears> to <throat> it about this Miami resurgence. Rhett Lashley, the new offensive coordinator. Tell me more about all of it.
4: That's where I was going to go with this, because as much as I like Dierra King so far, and you got to remember, this is pretty outstanding. Kyle Trask, who's in the Heisman talk at this juncture, King's not quite there yet, but Kyle Trask was the backup to Dierra King in high school which really speaks highly of just the value and the presence of D'Era King, not only in high school, but into college. Now with his second school, was at Houston, transfers over to the University of Miami, and he has been fantastic. But that's because of Rhett Lashley and what he's been able to do offensively in this up-tempo offense that really went out and stormed the gates against Florida State and Louisville and everything else. I think Dabo is going to be ready for that when they walk into Death Valley in Clemson. But here's another thing, guys, I don't think, really a lot of tensions being played to the fact that they're playing during a pandemic death Valley will not be death Valley at night. If you've ever, and TJ, I believe you've been there, but death Valley at night is haunting. The place shakes. It's incredible when you're on the field. I don't think the Canes have to feel that fear walking in there. And I love Nesta Silvera since I've covered him in high school at American heritage, that guy brings all sorts of nasty to that defensive line. They're going to be missing Greg Russo, who pulled out prior to the year, who's expected to be a top-ten pick. This is the game they're going to miss him the most in getting after Trevor Lawrence. But mm-hmm. I think the Canes' defense, Blake Baker is put – and Manny Diaz are coordinating a good game plan to go out and get Clemson in their house on Saturday night. Clemson is a two-touchdown favorite at this point. I like them for six. I wouldn't say two touchdowns. I think they end up covering. But this is a big game for of the Canes because – I don't think it's a case – this is their biggest game in years. You can go back to the Notre Dame game, the Virginia game at Hard Rock Stadium at night. Right. I don't think it's – I think it's much, much bigger than that, obviously being ranked as high as they are. But I do believe that they'll be in this game. I think De'Aaron King puts them in this game. Brevin Jordan could have a big game in this one. And Cameron Harris has been running like a maniac. So if they decide to slow down the clock and go ground and pound, which would be shocking with Lashley's offense. But I think the Canes cover – And I think it's not a blowout. And I think they proved something to the nation, that the Canes are making their way back.
0: Yeah, Voice there of Chris Fisher, if you're only hearing us, come find us on the YouTube page. Ari Russell is already uh, here with me as well. And I promise we're going to move on off the Miami game, but it's the biggest game of the weekend. And is it not fair? Quick comment from both of you. When that Miami team got into the top four of the college football playoff, as Chris was referencing, at the end of the 2017 season, they faltered quickly, and I don't think anybody, and maybe even them, really believe they were as good as Clemson. And Clemson destroyed them in the ACC championship game. I don't know if they can win Saturday night, but I I have to believe, guys. They believe they are worthy of being in this game and can compete with Clemson, even on the road. Are you first, and Chris? Well,
3: I definitely think they can compete,
0: and I think it has to go. I, I think you could tell the confidence as Lash
3: as as uh, Chris was, you know alluding to or not alluding to, but focusing on earlier uh, was, was Lashley and the, and the, and the way that they're executing their offense. Clearly they're bought in clearly they have, uh, you know, the quarterback that's able to run that system uh, pretty much to a T, you know, I mean, uh, Lashley is dealing with the a, a, a veteran adult at quarterback, you know, which is important. And uh, you know, and, and I don't think they're going to be intimidated. And I think that they're actually excited to get up for the challenge and, and previous years and I, and I, we've been hearing this, as Canes fans for the last, you know, decade and a half. Are we back? Are we back? And we ain't never been back. You know, we haven't been back again. Like it's hard to be back. You know, if we beat Clemson, yes, we can start saying, yes, they're back in the mo. because I think that they go over the hump. I think that Notre Dame victory was, was smoke and mirrors. I don't think that Notre Dame team was really that particularly good. I think again, Notre Dame is just kind of being Notre Dame often gets Except, always gets ranked higher just for existing almost in, in my opinion. They, they wiped the, the doors clean of them. that was great, a home game, fine, you know uh, rivalry, we've always had bad blood, Catholic versus the convicts. but clearly that team was 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 deficient you know and, and Clemson just showed themselves in that ACC championship that year how the, the, the gap. I think that gap has has, has gone a lot uh, thinner. You know, but also because Clemson, you know, has players that graduate and have, you know, they they still have a bunch of, I know they've got, you know, Lawrence and, 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 and the running back, you know, um, and, and a great defense, but, uh, you know, Miami's got veterans too. And there's one player that I want to point out that I think is going, could possibly be the difference maker, and that's Bubba Bolden at the safety position, who is really showing himself to be one of the best safeties in the country, not just in the ACC, but in the country his biggest test in his career is going to be on Saturday night against that Clemson uh, wide receiver core. Um, he's going to have to have a huge game and make big plays in order for them to win. It's that type of game. It could be a turnover here or there. Right.
0: And that's it. Mr. Fisher, do they, do they mentality wise, you're in South Florida. Do they believe they belong here and can be on the field with Clemson? What do you sense?
4: Okay. So if you went, Ari can speak to this and testify to this. If you went to yours, Miami, they know better. They know that this team is not all the way back. Yes. Now the fans of Miami, they always believe that Miami's back, okay, until they want to fire the head coach. <laughs> What's crazy about Miami and South Florida is this is a Canes town. We have four poor sp- sports teams, but it is a Canes town. The Dolphins take a back seat to the Canes when they're good. The Heat will take a back seat to the Canes when they're good. This game could put them over the hump. My dishes were very excited about that. But it's okay. they will put them over the hump and be back on the front page where Canes fans expect them to be if they're able to win Saturday night. And I agree with your assessment of Bubba Bolden. Look for Phillips. The guys from the transfer portal oh, that yeah. Manny Diaz has grabbed over the last two years, this is the biggest game they've played since they've been five-star recruits coming out of high school. And it's really going to be an interesting one.
0: All right. We've done enough on Miami and Clemson. And as you can tell, both guys, I'm I'm kind kind of of in agreement here. Of course, we're almost three Musketeers (laughs) and then watch Clemson win the game by 30 because they've been doing this to everybody. But Miami on both sides of the ball stacks up well enough if they don't make mistakes to stay in the game. I don't know that they win the game, but to stay in the game against Lawrence and company, we will see. And it's obviously a big national television game as well. All right. For those that are seeing us on the YouTube page, I'm in the Rays hat for this segment just to needle Ari Russell here a little bit because we got the Rays and the Yankees that are ongoing in the divisional series of the American League playoffs. First of all, it is an absolute joke that the Rays and the Yankees are playing in San Diego, California uh it's ridiculous in and of itself we're seeing a highlight on the video here of uh Manuel Margot hitting a home run last night home runs were flying out at the time that we're taping in the Tuesday night game two Wednesday night is game three we obviously don't know that result the series will not be over by the time this podcast is out because somebody's got to win three times so that may be coming Thursday night for whoever it is all right Ari Yankees, Rays. Give me a few moments uh, on this. Now that the Rays evened it up at a game apiece.
3: Well, first off, I think Aaron Boone handed a beautiful gift to Tampa to Tampa Bay, uh, the Tampa Rays here, uh, and, and I, I just don't understand. And I and I understand they kind of took it from the Tampa Bay uh, ideology of having a opener or whatever the heck that is it's just mm-hmm. something that i just don't quite understand especially in playoff baseball it's just very strange it's 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 your throw i just don't understand it doesn't fit the con- i can understand during the regular season for 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 kind of getting people in motion and getting people to understand the energy to start but for playoff baseball which is a completely different monster putting in the starter and just let garcia pitch you know or let Hap pitch make a decision on someone and go from there and and live or die by it and in this case it just seems like you know Garcia came in there he got out of the first uh he got out of the first uh you know inning and uh he basically was able to yeah I don't know like and then Hap comes in there and and you know people yankee fans are complaining about the strike zone blah blah, blah. look he gave up big taters to to, to yes he did to and uh, you know, in moments that was really just.
0: How about either. the fact? Just if I can interject, Hap didn't yeah. even really know what they were doing till like two hours before the game. So that's a bit strange too. To your point about Boone kind of making it up as he goes along, all right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's I, if you heard some of the post post you know game by Hap, you could tell that uh, that Hap was um, was definitely, you know holding back i think on some of the he was trying to basically cover his manager's rear end i don't know if you guys saw that because you know Dan, but here we get Mm -hmm. the local we get the local feeds that we see happen and and i'm sure they probably put it on national tv as well but you know he was definitely doing a really good job as veterans do of protecting the manager's (laughs) rear end there but you could kind of sense in him that he just was a little confused himself like you know it's it's I, i just it look you guys are a great squad. You guys, are the number one seed in, in the uh, in this weird kind of bizarro playoff scenario we have in twenty twenty, in a weird bizarro kind of oh, universe yeah. we're all living in. Uh, you know, but uh, it, it was just bizarre in general. And uh, you know, I get it—pitching staffs and and whatever, trying to with five games in a row, which is another weird playoff scenario uh but you know i think aaron boone handed you guys a gift and you guys opened it and took advantage of it and you're a great team it's a game you, of
0: peace chris yeah, fisher you were not <laughs> along with me about why is this in san diego it's crazy it's crazy to me <laughs> well, first and, all. Then, and then the teams are only there for the one series and then let's move them to texas if the whole idea was to keep it sanitary or a bubble send everybody to one place and play the games in one place would make a lot more like sense world but anyway baseball Chris classic. I'm stealing thunder go ahead give me give me no, your thoughts.
4: I mean, I like that idea like the world baseball classic which we've had here in Miami which is just amazing and then to speak to Ari's point TJ I hate to say it you know I'm from Tampa Bay and if the Yankees were to play a playoff game in what I still call the Thunderdome but <laughs> <in> the Tropicana <laughs> Field right it would it would be a Yankee home game and that's the problem even with the Rays in the playoffs I love my uh, my hometown there would be a lot more support, but it would feel like a Yankee playoff game. Um, we've seen it there over the years. Even the Red Sox were there a couple of years ago. Uh, but with that being said, I love the fact of what Tampa Bay is doing. I love that Aaron Boone tried to take a page out of Tampa Bay's book last night. Um, I, I, I've always been a fan of Jay Happ when he pitched for the Phillies. But he had, he had to hold back. And I don't want to belabor that point. But I just find this whole series fascinating. When you're talking about the payroll dynamic of these two mm. clubs and the analytics, let's be honest. Aaron Boone is about as good of a manager as us sitting on the couch because Brian Cashman is telling him who to put out there and the analytics department is telling him who to put out there as a starting pitcher. So, obviously, Jay Happ didn't come through on their spreadsheet as the guy to face that Rays lineup last night. Also, I, I think with the scare factor with Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and Sanchez and all these guys – that this little team in Tampa Bay could beat the juggernaut Yankees. That has to fright the hell out of Yankee fans. Brian Cashman, the Steinbrenner's ownership group, the smaller payroll team coming up, and it's been a perpetual storyline for years, like the Oakland A's. These smaller teams beating the juggernauts. But with the New York City tabloids and all the different papers up there, that's really going to just kill the the Yankees' front office if the Rays are able to pull this off and knock them off. And I do like the Rays in this series because I think there's a fear factor here. Giancarlo Stanton's hitting the hell out of the ball. I've seen that firsthand when he was on a tear here in Miami, and he doesn't cool off for a while when that seemingly happens. But rolling out Charlie Morton in game three, I think that is going to be a huge benefit for the Rays against Tanaka. I expect them to be up 2-1 in this series. I expect them to win it in a full stretch, and it's going to go the distance this series, I believe. Interesting. But I think that the Rays end up winning it just because they play proper baseball. If they got to put down a bunt, although it goes against analytics, they'll put down a bunt. The Yankees are a straight-up swing trajectory swing team that is, that's told with Sanchez, and as much as he strikes out, Giancarlo has that same problem. So when he's cold, but right now he's seeing the ball so well. <clears throat> and and like even with Fairbanks struggling last night in the ninth when the Yankees seemingly could have came back with all that power, but he blew him away and he was able to get out of it. I think right. the, the Rays bullpen is gonna be their savior and I think they end up moving on in this series.
3: Okay, so I don't just I can't disagree
4: with, with what Krabby
3: like honestly it's it's the the Rays have that scrappy lineup that just I and I'm I'm with you like I'm not a big fan of this analytics stuff I just think that at the end of the day it's overthinking it's the play on the field and the moment of the you know pitch by pitch and not you know the spreadsheets and the sabermetrics or whatever it is at the end of the day players have to play and they have to show up and and the Rays I mean like I was impressed last night they really they you know they cuz that game 1 was really that was that was a tough loss they they took sure. it on the chin, they came back and turned around. You know, last night. Granted, you know, we'll see what, what. You know, to me, I agree. Boone, Boone, to me, is really gonna like. If the Yankees lose this series, I can't see Boone surviving. I mean, Interesting. granted, it's welcome hard to because you know, welcome to your worlds, right? Welcome to New York. I, I hate this.
4: I'm yeah. a, being a being a Philadelphia fan and seeing that Rocky Balboa poster, him against the world. That's <laughs> yeah. the, way the it felt that way for Pan, a
0: long time. Wait, wait, wait. Pan that camera a little over your right shoulder just so we get a better look. There's Rocky yeah. right there. And, and, and there we you go. Know what? Beautiful.
4: Once once it's all wrapped up, this series, I expect you to go put Kevin Cash over Rocky's head with his <laughs> face in his because,
0: <laughs> you might <have> Well, to. <laughs> and the other thing, and, and again, we'll move along here, but we're talking a little baseball with uh, Chris Fisher and Ari Russell. Again, if you're only hearing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you found the show, the audio version of the podcast. Come find the YouTube version and see what we look like with the moving pictures on all of this. Uh, But, I mean, again, we're talking in the aftermath of Game 2. Game 3 is being played before the podcast is out. So you, the audience, already know what happened in Game 3. We don't know. And I am predicting there will be fireworks of hit batsmen, dust-up, Watch it happen. There's bad blood between these two teams. It may not be game three. It may be game three. It may be game four. Let's see what happens between these two teams. Stanton is definitely
3: getting plunked. There's no
0: Stanton has been doing some posing, and they may do it to him. (laughs) If it was me personally, I would not do it to Aaron Judge, who's built like a defensive tackle. So it would not be him that I would be hitting. But let's see what happens, because Chapman was throwing at the head of some rays at Yankee Stadium earlier uh, back in August. So (laughs) there's still bad blood between these two teams and a lot to watch on that. While we have a moment, you know, I'm always pimping Ari Russell's smack apparel and my guys at smack apparel. So I've got the Rays hat on, but I've got the smack apparel shirt. If you're a Rays fan uh, that if I don't often hate, but if I do, I prefer to hate the Yankees and the Red Sox from our friends at Smack Apparel. So you can get great Smack Apparel merchandise just like what I've got on here. Go to SmackApparel.com. Get in the face of your opponent, your, your biggest rival. Make fun of them. SmackApparel.com. Buy it through the site. Use the promo code uh, uh, Bo, uh, What is it? 2020 BOGO. 2020 BOGO is the promo code. That means you buy one, you get one 50% off. So 2020 BOGO is the promo code that still works on any of their stuff. Uh, They've got the socially distancing Aaron uh, Judge home run (laughs) shirt you can get. He's been socially distancing home run balls since 2016. So whatever it is, football, baseball, the Lightning Stanley Cup playoff shirts, it is 2020 BOGO for 2020 the year. And buy one, get one 50% off for smackapparel.com. So I get in a little plug there with that all right couple more subjects I promised these guys we would get out of here fairly quickly let's go back to the NFL uh Chris and Ari uh you know this Uh, I am associated with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their uh radio broadcast and have been for the better part of 15 years with the Hall of Famer Gene Deckerhoff on the call and lo and behold looky here the Bucs have won three in a row and Tom Brady is the Offensive Player of the Week in the NFC. Now, again, at the time that we're taping and Three Dog Thursday is released, Buccaneers, Bears, Thursday night, Soldier Field, Fox and the NFL Network will televise it all over the country. So we add that to the mix of the baseball playoffs of the college football. We've got Bucks and Bears kicking off the NFL weekend. Brady, five touchdown passes to five different receivers last week. And suddenly the national media changing its tune, I'm saying this, after the loss to the Saints in week one, Brady looks much better. The Bucs have won three in a row. But that's me saying that. Uh, Chris, let's go to you first. What what about Brady and the Buccaneers as they've completed one quarter of the season?
4: Well, I'd have to be impressed with the fact that they seemingly are a second-half team. And a lot of teams that are able to come back like that really show a lot of poise, and I think that speaks to the leadership of Tom Brady and guys like Gronk, Shady McCoy, some of the veteran leadership that, that resides on that offense. Um, but as they go along here, I expect their offense actually to get better. As you know, working within By- uh, Byron Leftwich's offense, you know, it's going to take time for Tom to get things down. He doesn't have his normal, his normal players. Him and Gronk seemingly aren't on the same page as of yet like they used to be. And, and then the big thing I always wondered about was Gronk, as much time as he spent away from the game taking that year off, was he always there because he was injured? Like, it, how much back is he to what he was years ago? And, and I think that's drastically dropped off. But I, I like where the offense is at. It'd be nice to get Chris Godwin back, Mike Evans healthy, um, some of those players. And, and then going, you know, playing the Bears this week, I mean, they're in shambles. Nick Foles, he's great off the bench, but and I'm an Eagles fan. And I, I love Nick Foles, obviously. But the fact that um, he's just unable to be a starter – And he struggles in that role. The Bears are really spinning their wheels right now, despite that comeback two weeks ago. Foles showed he was unable to do it last weekend. I like the Bucs going into this matchup. And I honestly believe that, you know, it sets things up. Because if they do it in a shortened week, then they're going to be able to get it all together in a week and a half before their next game. I think Brady's going to be fine there. I think they're going to end up winning the NFC South.
0: Well, and just one quick note on the schedule. It's going to get much tougher after the Bears because after that 10-day layoff, it's the Packers at home go to Vegas and play the Raiders, which won't be easy. Then the likes of, oh, by the way, Mahomes in Kansas City, if all things are equal, Saints in a rematch on a Sunday night, Rams on a Monday night, All right, Buccaneers coming to New York to play the Giants in the middle of that on Monday That's Night Football. Win. That That's might be w. the easiest game, though, out of a whole group, an onslaught of games that are going to be much tougher Right now, for the Bucks to try to figure this out um, again, Ari, you're at a distance here. Give me a thought on Brady and the Bucks and a work in progress, just real quick. Well, luckily, since we had a Thursday night Jets game, we weren't
3: uh, in in the New York area. We weren't uh, plagued with having both the Jets and Giants on Sunday, so we had a chance <laughs> to watch the Tampa Bay game. So I got a chance to watch. You know, a, I saw the first game. Also, it was on here mm-hmm. too. Um, you know and, and I was impressed i th- I really thought that it 's starting to click it's starting you 're starting to see it uh, you know he's dist- he, it, it's it 's getting there you know it 's a work in progress uh but i I think that it 's a work in progress in, in 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 a good way and you know it this is a good team you know Brady is clearly doesn 't need Belichick. you can see that you know this last last game is is Brady looked like he was thirty three again and yeah, he looked great you know he was hit hitting, hitting receivers to stride. You know, I, I really like your running game a lot. You know, I, I I like what you have going on there too. For right now, even though everyone's injured, it seems. But uh, you know, I, I I just yeah, I agree. I agree with Chris. I think that they have a really good chance of winning the uh, the the South here. Um, you know, granted they they it's a good year to win the South. I think. Um, but uh, I think it's 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 looking pretty good, even though their schedule is tough. It's them the, yeah, and the Saints. Yeah, forget the Falcons is are coming. just a mess. Um, and, the know, and the panthers have a first year coaching staff yes. right and and i and i don't think the saints are as good as they they have been in the past i they clearly they haven't been playing as well and they're usually a second half team anyway but i mean i just think like look yeah i i really like arians as a head coach and uh you know i'm really I'm really I'm as as a DC guy leftwich is uh, we love Byron leftwich cuz he's a DC public school kid he went to HD Woodson like we love leftwich you know mm-hmm. so you know uh and and so we want to see him succeed and uh so I'm looking forward to to seeing what what's going on uh with you guys and I think it's a good year and uh who knows the the, the NFC is pretty pretty weak <laughs> You know, obviously, you got one division that might as well get relegated to the Canadian Football League at this point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> come on now. I, I'm a used. Giants fan, so. Uh, that's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking
0: the about. Giants, the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Redskins. Are they combined going to get to 20 wins this season? I think it's the winner not, it's of not that looking like it.
3: is, is going to have six wins.
0: <laughs> might. It's not. It's not pretty <laughs> there for the NFC. Uh, we've got a scoot here in a moment or two. Uh, hey, Chris, just a quick comment from you. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick still playing for the dolphins dolphins slated to play the 49ers this weekend. How long before we see Tua, the number one pick out of Alabama, so much hype around him. How long will they wait? What are you hearing? What do you think just real quick?
4: Well, Brian Flores said on Wednesday morning that Tua is not ready yet. And he's always been a proponent of sticking with a veteran. We saw it last season when it came to Josh Rosen, I know Tua is a completely different uh, quarterback than Rosen, but the big thing, pressure really now becomes it's not just the local media that is put pressing for Tua to get gameplay Ryan Fitzpatrick four touchdowns five interceptions so far going into the showdown against San Francisco 49ers 49ers favored in some books by eight and a half off the board in some of the other ones but I think he's going to stick with Fitzpatrick at least through the bye week to see where it goes the Dolph fans as they like to call them it's like they have a shiny new gift on Christmas or Hanukkah. They want to play with it, with Tua. You know, that's what Tua is to them. But if – and Flores has pretty much come out and said this. If you're Tungabailoa's family, do you want him playing this season, coming off the hip injury? I, I, sure, I sure wouldn't. I know it doesn't come down to his family, but I think the Dolphins don't want him playing this season to protect and give At him all? more time to heal. I,
0: don't I think mean, that, hasn't he been cleared to play? Yes. I mean, yeah, that? they don't right. want him to play at all. Right. So here's the thing. It's, it, they want the insurance. He's having
4: a red shirt year is the way I look at it. And that's the way I would have approached it from the beginning. This is, yeah, it's not Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers waiting to play behind him kind of situation. It's Fitzpatrick. But the Dolphins aren't going anywhere. They're 1-3 right now. Okay? They're not going to win the division. That expectation's out the window, even though Brian Flores won't admit it. I would prepare for the future. If I'm Chris Greer, the general manager, I'm just like, look, let him practice, let him sit there at the clipboard, let him learn, but don't let him play unless Fitzpatrick's injured, and that's the only way I play. I
0: disagree. Sooner or later, you got to play him, and if he's not healthy enough to play at all, because it this works so season. well
4: for Jameis Winston, it works so well for him, TJ.
0: Well, I, I did that
4: game on the sideline with Marcus Mariota and Winston, and I got to tell you, both even showed right away that they weren't ready. Give Tonga Valoa some time. Let them learn the system. Remember, they brought in Chan Gailey as a first-year offensive coordinator. Let them get used to it. I understand Nick Saban loves this kid, but just let them get used to the situation. I can,
0: understand, I can understand if there's a legitimate medical reason why you would say, hey, that's a real risk. But from what I understood, he's cleared to try it. And at some point, if you're 1-5, if you're 2-7, you have to try it. You, I mean, they're going to go out of their mind if they don't play him if they're that bad later in the year, November, December. I, I completely we'll agree.
4: They're going to win right. more games, but I do want to say this. It's a liability behind that offensive line.
0: That may be the case too. Okay, we've got a scoot here in a moment or two. Let me promote these guys as well. You can find Chris Fisher on social media, Chris Fisher07. There he is. Speaking of doing sideline work for CBS, as he has in the past, he's been down in South Florida as a sportscaster, Tampa Bay area, also in Pennsylvania. Chris Fisher07 to follow him. Follow my man Ari Russell at Ari Russell on social media on Twitter and also on Facebook. I want to say congratulations to Ari. Uh, and his girlfriend, and there is the baby. And the baby's name, for the record, in the Yankee raised rivalry, uh, the baby's first Bronx. name is Bronx. Bronx, Bronx is Amai, the baby's yeah. name, which, which That's I love. awesome. I love yeah, Baby so Bronx. Yeah. I love that. So, My congratulations, Ari, so. <laughs> on, the, uh, on the baby. And by the way, I wanted to try to tell the story here uh, one of the craziest nights that Ari and I have ever had because we had Barry Switzer on earlier on the podcast OU in Texas this weekend and Ari I cannot believe it was 13 years ago that we were at Barry Switzer's surprise 70th birthday party in Dallas the night before the OU Texas game he was doing work with us on Sirius XM his wife Becky surprised him we were hanging there I'm going to share the screen we, we were hanging out Uh, with the likes, you're going to see it here, of uh, Toby Keith, of Jerry (laughs) Jones, his former players, Little Joe Washington, Keith Jackson. You and I were standing next to Toby Keith at the bar – at the at the restaurant mm-hmm. where the surprise party was, talking to Toby Keith about playing tunes and watching the Yankees playoff baseball game. It's e. Ari, yeah. me, and TK. That was the Cleveland there. game where they crazy. had like those
3: locust plagues that came in and. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, it was the Java <laughs> Chamberlain game against the Indians, right, where all that happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. But there, there's nothing like uh, iconic images like this. There he is, Barry yep. Switzer, the OU Texas game coming out of the tunnel at the Cotton Bowl. There'll be no fans there. For this game on Saturday, or at Shame least limited fans, if that's the case. But love Barry Switzer and what a wild night to be at his surprise I'm party. Still hung over, from that, uh, that was yeah, <laughs> that was some kind of night. We're standing there, Chris. I'm not just. I'm not just uh, uh, pimping away here on uh, on. We're more, more important than everybody else. But you feel about this big when you're standing around Barry Switzer, Toby Keith's right here, and then right over on the side of the bar, Jerry Jones is talking to Clay Bennett, the multi-billion-dollar owner of yeah. the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, yeah, who didn't belong in that circle <laughs> between Ari and me while all that Come was on, going man. on? But was just, Some of the Super Bowl parties
4: fun. I felt the same way this year. Yeah.
0: yeah, when you were around the Super Bowl parties back in February in Miami, I bet. A lot of fun with that. Again, find Chris on social media at Chris Fisher 7 Find Ari Russell at Ari Russell on social media as well. Guys, I had fun on the YouTube roundtable. Good luck to the Hurricanes, Coach Ari, for this matchup. Uh, Here with Clemson, we'll see how they do. Chris, keep knocking them dead. South Florida and with the sports broadcasting that you're doing, thank you guys here on Three Dog Thursday. Take care, TJ. Thank you. Some great stuff from them. Brian Edwards rejoins me to talk more NFL straight ahead as the podcast rolls off. Yes, indeed. One more time, back in in our final segment with Brian Edwards of BrianEdwardsSports.com and also Vegas Insider. Uh, we should mention, uh, as Brian comes in to talk some NFL football, what are you now 10, what is it, 10-3-1 or 10-2-1 over the last two weeks in the NFL on all your picks, not just underdogs, correct?
2: Right. No, it's actually better. It's 10-2-1, uh, uh, 7-0 two weeks ago. And then, thanks to your Bucks rallying uh, and getting me a push, I went three, two, and one uh, last week, and uh, I-, I will take it because I basically chalked that Bucks game up. As an L, so I was I felt fortunate to be above five hundred. Uh, but ten two and one the last uh, two weeks official plays on Vegas Insider and BrianEllsworthSports in the NFL.
0: How about that? All right, so I got to stand up for my Buccaneers a little bit. I got to tell you this: I was working the game last week on Buccaneers Radio with the legendary Gene Deckerhoff on the calls. Yes, it was 24 to 7. Yes, the Chargers uh, idiotically, I'll use that word, tried to hand off inside their own five-yard line in the final 45 yeah. seconds of the first half. That fumble changed the momentum, got the Bucks a quick touchdown, but I still, with a whole half to play, I know it's easy for me to say, it's, it's easy for fans, it's easy for the media to say, I felt confident Brady is going to get you back in this game, if not win this game. I felt that way going into halftime. And sure enough, uh, he diced up the Chargers for much of the second half. He was just named on Wednesday the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And he silenced at least for one week a lot of people saying he can't make the throws anymore. Because, Brian, he was making throws All over the place in the comeback win, 38-31. Buccaneers will now play on Three Dog Thursday as the podcast is debuting. You may already know after Thursday how they did in the game with the Chicago Bears Thursday night in Soldier Field. Nick Foles expected to start. Uh, Foles did not play particularly well in the game with the Colts. Might they play Trubisky if Foles struggles? Might Trubisky come off the bench? We'll see. Brian, I will say for you and for the audience in advance of this game, Buccaneers very banged up at wide receiver. Chris Godwin has already been ruled out again with the hamstring injury. Mike Evans, questionable to play. Ankle injury, played through it last Sunday. LaShawn McCoy will not play at running back. Leonard Fournette, questionable to play. Buccaneers depleted. They put O.J. Howard, the tight end, on injured reserve with an Achilles injury late in that game. They're depleted. They're depleted at pass catchers. Let's see. and I know you noticed on Wednesday afternoon that the line had already come down at least a point right now for the uh, the Bears uh, as an underdog at home that the Bucks now only favored by three and a half. We'll see if the Bucs can gut this one out. But, my friend, they're clearly banged up right now at receiver. I don't know if you can run a pass route. Can you get on a plane, get to Chicago, and run a pass route for Tom Brady if need be? Ten years ago, I, I, I had <laughs> ten snaps for him. But uh, right
2: now, no, no, no. But uh, – yeah, look the B- the Bucks uh, rallying last week that was big time. Uh, at least they get a Bears offense that's struggling mightily, unless it's the second half against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but you know, on the road on a short week, uh, that always tends to make me want to yeah. originally lean to the home team. So. Uh, right now, I don't. I don't know that I have much interest in that game.
0: You do say to everybody, and you love Keyshawn Vaughn, the former Vanderbilt running back, as uh, maybe fantasy football and otherwise. Keyshawn Vaughn may get a good look here, uh, spelling Ronald Jones, who ran for 100 yards last week. So again, if you're watching Thursday night football, this is a rookie out of Vanderbilt. And Brian, how about this for an all-time moment and trivia question: Your first catch in the NFL comes from Tom Brady, oh, by the way, on a touchdown that wins the game in the fourth quarter <laughs> against the Chargers. I mean, you can't tell a fish tail and make it up better than that, can you, for Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie running back? And we may see a lot of him on Thursday night. Who knows?
2: And that's why I spoke so highly of Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, in the days after, before and after the draft because Brady loves to throw to his running backs and he's very good at catching the ball out of the backfield, and by the way, that was a bullet that Brady uh, threw him and uh, and was a nice grab and then took his momentum into the end zone, so – uh, yeah, I hope Keyshawn gets some touches and uh, give him some room to operate. I think he'll produce.
0: All right, we'll see if that is the case Thursday. And again, if you're listening to us after Thursday, and a lot of people do, on Friday and Saturday we keep promoting the show, you may already know that the Bucks were fantastic or not so good or beat up or the Bears upset them. I'm hoping it's four in a row for my Buccaneers after an 0-1 start. Let's see what happens on Thursday. Let's move to the Sunday slate again of games and what is this i see what what do i sense i sense uh welcome to the jungle in cincinnati i see welcome to the jungle 2020 joe burrow you're still on the bengal bandwagon here they're an underdog again this week with the baltimore ravens early sunday one eastern time game in baltimore are you going right back there again and why not? As I uh, noted a few
2: weeks back, Joe Burrow is already a top ten quarterback in the NFL. You told me to slow down, and the Chris Ver- on the Chris <laughs> Vernon show in Memphis, I got my absolute head ripped off by Chris Vernon and John Roser for implying such a thing. But here we go, three weeks in a row, three hundred yards passing the first if I heard that correctly on Showtime's inside the NFL last night, I, I think I heard him correctly. Uh I think they it said it's the first rookie to ever throw three hundred yards passing in a row, three straight games. The first so,
0: three games. The first three games of your career. Oh, correct. Yes, that's correct. And that's okay. what he did. You're absolutely okay. right.
2: Right. So uh, 17 and eight against the spread, the Bengals are in their last 25 as a road underdog. If you've got a good line like I did in week one against the Chargers, you push that game. I have bet on the Bengals every single week this year, and I'm 3 0 and 1 against the spread doing so. They're catching 13 at Baltimore. I made the line 10. Geno Atkins might be back this week. The eight-time Pro Bowler has missed the first four games, and if he does make it back, that will help their run defense, which has been an issue, as we saw certainly in that Thursday night game against Cleveland. But uh, Joe Burrow will keep the Bengals in the game. Joe Mixon had a big game, three touchdowns on uh, Sunday against the Jags. And the Bengals are 1-2-1 and straight up. And for me, they are 3-0-1 against the spread.
0: All right, very good. So he goes with Cincinnati as an NFL underdog. And our remaining moments here on 3-Dog Thursday... I don't like a lot of underdogs on the slate for this week. I'm just being honest. I, I If I'm obligated to take one, which I am, Cleveland as the home underdog after the great win, the wild win against the Dallas Cowboys, playing an Indianapolis team that has basically been a solid, muck-it-up, play-defense, low-scoring team throughout this season— I like Cleveland with that explosiveness. If I've got to be pinned down to one, it's going to be that one. I was looking at the Chargers getting seven or eight points against the Saints in New Orleans. Again, we don't know with Hurricane Delta. You may know this. We're taping midweek for Three Dog Thursday. Might they have to move that game? Brian and I don't know that. Might they move it uh, to another location? The Chargers, again, stayed, obviously, in the Eastern time zone after playing the Bucs and waiting to play the Saints. They didn't go back to L.A. Justin Herbert looked good to me uh, field level, but I'm just i going to stay away for that one. I'll go back to Cleveland uh, with Baker Mayfield, the Heisman winner, with OBJ, with Jarvis Landry, with the weapons against Indianapolis. I'll take that point and a half. I think Cleveland can win that game. That will be my underdog play here for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Brian, did you have anything else to add in the NFL? I know your Falcons are yeah. uh, are struggling mightily. Dan Quinn still has a gig here midweek, at least. Arthur Blank standing by him as they host Carolina early on Sunday. Anything else from the NFL that stands out, whether it's Quinn, the Falcons, or anything else?
2: Yeah, so I I haven't um, pulled the trigger quite yet as the line sits at nine and a half right now, but do the Cowgirls deserve to be a nine and a half point favorite (laughs) over anybody right now? I'm not so sure. The Giants defense is playing really good. The Rams uh, offense had just been churning along this year, uh, scoring 37 at Philly and 32 at Buffalo and then the Giants hold them to 17, and the Giants had plenty of offensive opportunities last week but just could not – they need to get the ball to my boy, Caden Smith, way more often. Uh, the Giants' offense has been an unmitigated disaster, uh, but they're facing a porous Dallas defense that might be worse than my Atlanta defense. Mm. Uh, I'm keeping my eye on the Giants. If it gets the double digits, I'll, I'll, I'll probably be – Dipping in for a little
0: taste of that. I must jokingly say, the most fight the Giants showed was the Golden Tate-Jalen Ramsey fight at after the game was over with. They, they should have fought like that figuratively and literally throughout the game with the Rams. Um, you are aware Saquon Barkley is lost for the year with the knee injury, I'm sarcastically saying. I mean, they, they just don't have enough cool. offensive punch here, but you think Dallas' defense is bad enough that the Giants can hang in there, and getting the 9.5 or 10 might be worthwhile... You're saying keep an eye on it, and I'll segue it. You will pick it officially, yay or nay, on Edwardsports.com or Vegas Insider. They will see whether that pops up uh, there or not as one of your plays later in the weekend, right?
2: This is correct, as I take a 10-2-1 run in the NFL into this week's action. Yep, you can find those picks at or VegasInsider.com, and you can uh, follow my in-game suggestions uh, on my Twitter uh, handle at Vegas, uh, B Edwards. And after, um, some tech issues that have been going on, I, I, we think we've got everything fixed at majorwager.com. Ah, and you can follow right. Major Wager, uh, Twitter account at Major Wager Uno. And, uh, starting to, uh, get some fresh content back up there. And, uh, by, by the weekend, should be uh, back to normal at MajorWager.com um, as
0: well. Love that. Again, I love this man's insight, going with the different underdogs. He loves Burrow and the Bengals here. You are aware they're playing Lamar Jackson in that game on the road. You do you, Quite you, aware. You, uh, you're, you're very aware. Quite okay. aware. Quar- we'll quarterback <laughs> we'll advantage to the Bengals. Oh, listen to you. Now I'm going to take your head off on that one, quarterback advantage to the Bengals. As, <laughs> as Lamar Jackson becomes the first quarterback in the history of the league, what is it, with 25? or more twenty five hundred or more passing yards and a thousand more rushing yards inside of three full seasons in the NFL. It's pretty incredible what he's been putting up uh, so far in his uh, in his career. All right. So uh, in any event, those are the NFL games for this weekend. Again, we always love the insight. Follow him at Vegas B Edwards. You always close the show, Brian. Have a great weekend. Good luck with all of your picks. We appreciate the knowledge here on Three Dog Thursday.
2: Thanks, TJ. Enjoyed it as always. Best of luck to you and your listeners with your wagers. Let's uh, catch some winners.
0: Let's hope that we are able to do so. My thanks also to the legendary coach, Barry Switzer, talking Texas and his OU Sooners. Our roundtable had Chris Fisher and Ari Russell on it. That's on the YouTube page. You can go find us on YouTube with the Three Dog Thursday Roundtable. Also, subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. Here for Three Dog Thursday. For Brian Edwards, I'm T.J. Reeves. Good luck with your underdogs and keep it locked in on the only digital radio show devoted to those doggies in college and the NFL. Three Dog Thursday. Bye.